Hello, and welcome to A Class Half Full, a legal podcast which looks at the class action system in Australia. My name is Douglas Campbell, and I am still generally based in Brisbane. My co-presenter is Blair Hall, another Brisbane-based barrister. In episode one, I looked at the general nature of the class action system and the fact that a class action can be brought without a group member knowing of the action or agreeing to be part of it. This could lead to exploitation because any settlement may be made without the knowledge and perhaps not in the best interest of group members or at least some group members. Further, because a judgment or settlement is binding on all group members who have not opted out of the proceedings, a group member can lose their legal rights to pursue remedies for themselves. The major distinctive feature of the Australian class action system is that you are a group member unless you opt out. It is an opt-out process rather than an opt-in process. In other words, class members do not elect to stay in the class action. Rather, you remain in the class action unless you elect to stay out of it. Opting out of a class action is one of the linchpins around which the regime is based. This is not uncontroversial. Can I first deal with the word opt-out? It is a really ugly expression. As I understand it, it comes from the Latin optare, which means desire. Its closest relative to modern day English is option. It was first used probably only in the last 50 to 100 years. But I wonder if its meaning is really well known in the community generally. I wonder if a member of the Hopevale Aboriginal community would understand what was meant if he was given something called an opt-out notice. In any event, as a lawyer, I appreciate its use because it is at least utilitarian. It's both a noun, a verb, and an adjective. We lawyers know what it means, but we should be conscious that others might not. When Part 4A of the Federal Court of Australia Act was debated in the House of Representatives, the Attorney-General described the opt-out system in the following way. He said, the government believes that an opt-out procedure is preferable on grounds of both equity and efficiency. It ensures that people, particularly those who are poor or less educated, can obtain redress uh, where they may be unable to take a positive step of having themselves included in the proceedings. It also achieves the goal of obtaining a common binding decision whilst leaving a person who wishes to do so free to leave the group to pursue his or her own claim separately. A different tack was taken by the deputy leader of the opposition in the Senate who said, our court system is based on the fact that individuals make their own decisions to initiate proceedings, 
it is done by the conscious decisions of individuals. That is what ought to happen. People ought to take responsibility for whether they want to start proceedings. But under this bill, they become part of the system without knowing or perhaps even caring. It really goes against the philosophical basis of our legal system and affects the individual rights of people to make their own decisions. The Australian Law Reform Commission recommended an opt-out model, and it was this model which was eventually successful. But both the legislation and the courts recognise that it is a system which requires a careful balance to ensure that group members' rights are protected. The tension between an individual's rights to pursue a claim and the collective benefit of a class action is recognised. The potential injustice to class members who might disagree with the class action which has been commenced or not support it is partly cured at an early stage by opt-out notices. An opt-out notice is a notice sent to all group members, giving them an opportunity not to be part of the class action. If they elect to do this, they will not be considered to be class members bound by any resolution of the class action and their individual right to take action is preserved. The process is formalised in legislation. Section 33 capital J of part 4A requires the court to fix a date before which a group member may opt out of a class action, which is called representative proceeding. It establishes the right of group members to opt out of a class action by written notice given under the rules before the date fixed by the court. The hearing of a class action is not permitted to take place earlier than the day before which a group member may opt out of the proceedings. The end result is that the opt-out process must be completed before a class action can be heard or settled. Secondly, Section 33X of Part 4A requires group members to be given notice of the commencement of the proceeding and the right of group members to opt out of the proceeding. This section needs to be read with section 33Y, which requires the court to approve the form and content of a notice, as well as specifying who is to give the notice, the way in which the notice is to be given, and who is to bear the costs of the notice. This has the effect that the court supervises the process in two ways. First, the court can determine what information is provided to a group member. And secondly, how that information is provided. First, it requires the opt-out notice to be brought to the attention of group members. This is not always as easy as it sounds. Second, class actions often involve complex legal or factual issues, and it may be difficult for a layperson, even a sophisticated layperson, 
to understand the issues and what benefit or detriment that he or she may suffer as a consequence of remaining in or opting out of the class action. How can you tell whether or not you are happy to remain as a member of a class action if you don't know, for example, how much you're likely to receive should the action be successful? But how can you tell whether an action is going to be successful or indeed how much you're likely to get? The concept of opting out is good in theory, but less attractive in practice because it has a number of practical hurdles to overcome. It is a real attempt to rectify or balance issues concerning knowledge and participation in class actions by group members. But as I said in my last podcast, its guiding principle, particularly with regard to opt-out notices, is that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Next week, I want to remain on the topic of opt-out notices and consider some recent cases where opt-out notices have arisen and how the courts have sought to deal with them. I want to look at four particular concepts. When an opt-out notice should be given, the contents of opt-out notices, what happens when there is conflicting information which threatens the integrity of the notice, And how do you bring an opt-out notice to the attention of group members? Don't forget, the documents associated with this episode can be found on our webpage, which is www.aclasshalfbullpodcast.com. I hope you'll join me next time.